I'm pumped up, brother. How are you? Good, man. Good. It's the end of the week, dude. It's been a long one. I uh, I was watching the video yesterday, and I was like, I got to take a few steps back because, like, my face was, like, the whole <laughs> time of screen. So <clears throat> take a couple steps back here. And, well, yeah. I was going to do this to, to kind of uh, try and see with this. Uh, whichever way you want to go, I was ready to, ready to jump in on it. We'll switch it out. I also copied your wardrobe from yesterday. I was like, man, that black T-shirt looked good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with that. I, uh, I go black on black as often as I can. Absolutely, man. Dude, yeah, it's it's been a great week. Uh, I have some exciting news. It might not be as, as exciting to you, but the Dr. Robert Stinson is actually going to be rolling through uh, my neck of the woods tomorrow. And so me and him and Gary, the bearded trio, not the full quad squad with yourself, <laughs> but the bearded trio, we're actually going to get to hang out in person. So that's going to be, be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. No one no one sent me the heads up or else I would have booked my flight. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, I think – Rob, Go Rob let us know like two days ago. So we, we didn't have a lot of time to plan. But, but it's cool, man. I, I, I'm excited for you guys. I have I have my own posse, right? Like the NWA fam, I mean, you guys are three deep. And, I you know, I, I like to think of myself as number four on that list. But, uh, you know, I have my own squad. And these guys I've never even met. Uh, DKM in Texas. I mean, we talk every day. I've never shaken his hand. Uh, uh, Kevin Frazier, we've met each other years and years ago when he was still active in the ring, but I haven't seen that guy in almost a decade. So it's kind of cool that you guys will get to meet up and, and of course, brainstorm future ideas and uh, I'm sure have a few uh, whiskeys and have some good good fun. <clears throat> Probably a few too many. We might throw an old, uh, an old pay-per-view up on the TV and kick back and have a good time but hey listen welcome everyone we got a few people in the chat uh hanging out with us this is the first ever friday hot tag so you did it you made it to history and uh this is the hot tag we explained a little bit yesterday but uh this is just going to be a quick chat with jay cal and i uh middle of the day on a friday uh to just talk about some hot topics give our take on it let you guys in the chat give your take on it and uh so we're going to get cranked up we talked a little bit about it uh but we thought for this first topic since it's particularly relevant to what's going on right now and even with the nwa because of something nick aldis said last week we're going to talk about empty arena wrestling so <clears throat> obviously this is something that is way more prevalent in 2020 than it has been in the past. There have been empty arena matches, uh, yeah. this kind of a stipulation or a gimmick. Um, but right now we are in kind of this empty arena uh, era, so to speak. And and it really is getting less and less of the incorporation of, you know, talent being in the, in the stands and stuff in WWE and AEW. But J.K., I'm going to let you start, man. Give me your hot take on empty arena wrestling, what you think about it. And then also, based on what Nick Aldis said last week, he made a comment. He said that they've been kicking around some ideas and maybe there will be some empty arena NWA wrestling coming up. So give me your thoughts on that. So let's start off with saying the two shining examples in the United States right now of this empty arena wrestling model would be the WWE and AEW. And whether your take on WWE or AEW, it, it really doesn't matter. There's one promotion that has done it right and the other that has done it wrong. Um, on April the 11th was the first reported case of COVID-19 in a WWE uh, employee. Somebody contra uh, contracted by the WWE with uh, a reported COVID-19 diagnosis. On June 30th, there are upwards of 30 uh, positive test for COVID-19. Um, 
that shows me that the WWE wasn't ready for this. They're not doing things the right way. And, and, and whether you're a WWE fan or not, whether you're an AEW fan or not, I've had I've heard of zero reported cases from COVID nineteen in AEW. So uh, without trying to turn this into two, uh, you know, talk about the global pandemic, although it, it does tie back to it, uh, one of these promotions is taking it very seriously and have had reported zero cases. One of them is rushing to get fans back into the building and has had some pretty dire results. Our own former world's heavyweight champion, Scrap Iron Adam Pierce, was diagnosed with COVID-19. Um, forget the wrestling for a minute. Think of humanity. You're really limiting – or you're really – there's a way we could limit exposures to people involved in the company, and by not taking the proper procedures, you're putting your not only your talent at risk, but their families at risk. And I, to me, I, that's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. But AEW has shown us that it can be done. It can be done safely. I mean, unless mum's the word and they're just not being public with that information, there's been no reported cases from AEW. Well, I think, I mean, they've been pretty transparent as of late, especially with the uh, quote-unquote outbreak in uh, WWE. But, you know, I mean, they they sidelined John Moxley because his wife uh, tested positive and he's been going through multiple tests. So I think you're exactly right. I agree with you 100 percent when it comes to uh, the two companies with TV deals that have been operating under, you know, different precautions and procedures and stuff during this pandemic uh, in order to honor their TV deals. One has handled it right and one has handled it wrong. Um, I appreciate the transparency from Tony Khan and the AEW. Um, I appreciate the the steps that they have taken um, throughout this whole process. Now, is it perfect? And do I think that they should have been wrestling this whole time? No. If it was up to me and I was looking just at humanity, I don't think anyone should have been doing anything for this whole pandemic, we should have just all pressed pause the same way the NWA did. And, and not, not just because the NWA did it. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that out of respect for humanity, your employees, uh, the, the impression and the example that you're setting for your fans, some of them are very young. Um, you have to be cognizant of that. So I think that, you know, when it, when it comes down to how those two handled it, you're absolutely right. AEW handled it much better. Um, not perfect, but but much better. But when it comes to empty arena wrestling, here's my hot take on it. Uh, aside from the health issue, I think there is a way to do it well, but I do not think either of the companies we just mentioned did it well from a creative standpoint. AEW did it a little better because they, they pivoted, they flexed a little bit, they changed it up, they used it. They weren't going to have a reason like the WWE just tried to push forward with their same storylines, just with no fans. And so to me, that seems not, not ignorant. I'm not going to use that word. I was kind of strong, but it seems like, uh, you know, not, not the best route to go, especially if you're trying to respect your fans, trying to respect their, uh, their sense of, of smartness when it comes to the wrestling business. And so, I mean, for me, there's a creative, uh, a creatively responsible way to do it, and I haven't seen that yet. So I was intrigued when I heard Nick Aldis uh, mention the thought of NWA possibly coming back with some empty arena wrestling. Uh, do do I love empty arena wrestling? No. Do I want it at this point? Absolutely, because I'm like starving for some NWA content. But um, I, I'm really intrigued to see 
how the current iteration of the NWA would handle creatively putting on an empty arena show, a regular show, how they would tape it, what kind of, of, of creative flexes they would do to make that happen. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think the opportunity to do something different is certainly here, right? I mean, essentially, for the last 100, 200 years, professional wrestling has been exactly what it is. You know, it's a worked shoot. It's a, or, or it's just a worked program. We all know that there's going to be winners and losers. I do appreciate the way that the NWA attempted to continue its brand by doing Carnyland and, and introducing more podcasts. But like you, I do want to see more wrestling. We know that there's a global pandemic. We know there isn't really ex any escape from the global pandemic. When you turn on your TV and you see the Jimmy Kimmel show or the late night show and everything is different, you know, we understand it and we're living it. And I don't think that sports have to pretend like it's not there. I don't care if when I'm watching my baseball game, if a guy's wearing a mask, I don't care if the entire outfield is completely empty. Um, if, if the goal is to bring entertainment in, there's ways to do it. And again, do it carefully. So when it comes to professional wrestling, um, you know, I applaud what the NWA efforted, but like you, I am hungry for more content, more, more pro wrestling. Um, there's ways to stretch out the shows. There's ways to stretch out uh, rosters. Um, you know, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood recently worked with the New Japan Pro Wrestling's, uh, the, the Lions Den, Lions, I keep getting the name wrong, but you know what I'm talking about, the new show. Yeah. And they did an empty arena. And if you, I haven't really seen the show, but just watching the intro, from watching the intro, you wouldn't even know it's an empty arena show. Um, but you know, I think that's the right thing to do and, and treat, treat the show like it did in the olden days where there was less focus on the fans and more focus on what was going on in the ring. And you can still tell that story. Um, I know that NWA power relied heavily on the fan interaction, but you know, when they were doing 10 pounds of gold, there was no audience behind them. There was no crowd behind them. And I think that they could continue with, with creating content less focus on that audience and more focus on the stories that are being told. So, I mean, that promo isn't going to be in front of, you know, two or 300 different people. It's going to be just me and the camera, just me looking at the camera, much like they were doing with 10 pounds of gold. And they still were able to tell a very compelling story without introducing an audience or any of those variables. They can do that in an empty arena. So, yeah. and I mean, some of my favorite promos from power were the backstage promos and from Power and Into the Fire and some of those uh, pay-per-views. I mean, I can remember off the top of my head, Eddie Kingston and Homicide promo that gave me chills, man. Ricky Starks gave it an incredible promo after he won the TV title. Um, and that was backstage. There was no fan interaction with that. So they can, I mean, they've got the talent. They've got the writing. They've got the creativity uh, to pull something like that off. Um, and I think, you know, the decision to pause was applauded by all of us in the NWA fam because we didn't know how long this was going to last. Right. And that was like, what, three months ago. And so now here we are three months in and we're like, okay, this is, this is likely to be a new reality for a long time. We still want our wrestling. And so now, you know, it's not that we're dropping our standards. It's just that we're saying, okay, we've had some time to adjust. Now, how can we, uh, we crank the NWA back up and, with this new reality, you know, so I think that's what, that's what people are wanting. I think that's personally what I'm wanting. sounds like that's what you're wanting. Um, so, I, you know, I'm interested to see if there's uh, any more to, to, to the champs comment um, about possibly doing some, some empty arena in WA. 
Well, and the thing about it, too, we have to keep in consideration. Now, the NWA doesn't own their own building, right? The Georgia Public Broadcasting Studios isn't their building. Um, so that that's a venue that they rent. And that you've been in that building. Have you been in the – no, you haven't been in the building yet. <laughs> I, I've been in that building, and it's not just a studio. It, it's, it's a whole thing. It's not just one room that you enter. It's a whole complex. So uh, to, to end up on that campus, again – I don't think that's the best idea. If you can go somewhere where you could tape wrestling in a secluded area where the people involved are, again, it's all being safe. Someplace like the Ocean View Pavilion where Championship Wrestling from Hollywood tapes. That venue is is very safe and throughout the day is available to, to Hollywood. They, they could literally be filming matches right now. And, you know, you need one referee. You need a couple of the cameramen. You need the director. You need two wrestlers or four wrestlers, whatever it is, and that's it. And you can social distance all of that until it gets into the ring um, with proper evaluation, pro- proper medical staff on hand to, to to check temperatures, to check for symptoms. I mean, all these guys, Marquez has already said, hey, if you want to work for me, you're, you're going to be taking the COVID-19 test. And as evasive as it is, as comfortable it is, it's a, it's a necessity. Yep. So it could still happen. And it could happen in Hollywood. It could happen in uh, tried and true. I mean, they they essentially have access to that venue where they run, uh, where Crimson runs his wrestling promotion. Uh, the School of Morton has volunteered to be a destination for the NWA. Uh, where Thunder Rosa is taping their shows is an option as well. So there's there's more than just one answer here in terms of where they could do this, and it's it all seems relatively safe, much safer than trying to bring the show back to. The uh, the power studios, if you will. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you know, again, like I'm saying, there, there's a there's a certain level of respect too that comes with being able to uh, creatively pivot in that way. <clears throat> look at different venues, look at different places, and and different ways that you can be safe. Because I know that as the NWA fam, we, I mean, this is not an elitist statement by any means, but we do consider ourselves smart wrestling fans. We consider ourselves fans of you know traditional. Uh, pro wrestling that makes sense a a little more wrestling a little less entertainment even though it is very entertaining to us but it's not geared towards the entertainment aspects uh, to draw the crowd it's geared towards wrestling fans and so because of that we want to know that the talent's being taken care of we we value um, a company that takes care of their talent takes care of their fans by not opening the doors if it's not safe um but by continuing to put out a product or starting to put out a product, as we're talking about here for the NWA, that can serve the fans. And they, you know, they showed with Carnyland, as you mentioned, like there's a ton of creative energy in that company from from not just the, the you know, directors and, and the leadership, but all the way down. I mean, there was so many uh, great, you know, members of the NWA uh, roster that were lending their creative juices to that project. And it was very entertaining. Now, if we take some of that same creativity, turn it towards some, as you're saying, some kind of closed door onset wrestling, um, you know, I think it would be incredible. Uh, so that that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. And then also to consider like the whole empty arena wrestling, right? I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Tim Storm wrestled Josephus in an empty impact zone arena. And they had what was, I would consider, a pretty good match. I'm not the biggest Josephus fan in the world. I love Tim Storm. But having them in the ring, I I mean, there was was no audience. And it was relatively uh, an exciting story that they were telling. 
again, it was based off a storyline that happened prior to this match, and there didn't need to be an audience to make it work. Now, conversely, uh, with some of the things that were happening with Power, they showed that empty arena match with a question mark, and uh, I forgot which brother, but it was one of the Dawsons. And to me, that was a lot more lackluster, but they didn't have storyline to go with it. It almost felt like they taped it just because they thought they might need filler, and that's what it essentially became was just a filler match. But you could still be creative with this. You could still cut promos in the back. You can literally... I've been very fortunate to have a behind-the-scenes look at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Uh, I, I, I'm a quote-unquote photographer for them at some times, um, and I've been able to go backstage. And those promos don't happen in between matches. They do about 20 promos <laughs> before the show even starts. I mean, of course, the promos in the ring are different, but the ones that you see behind the scenes, those are going on up until the show starts at, at 3 o'clock when they start allowing uh, the fans in. You can still do that, and you can still tell these stories. You can still have run-ins. You can still have uh, sneak attacks and blindsides and, and build towards championship matches, but you just have to be creative. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, wrapping up here, we are at our time limit. We set ourselves a 15- to 20-minute time limit. So we went the distance today, uh, and it's a time limit draw, I think, uh, between the two of us. But uh, – Final thought right here. I just want you to answer because you mentioned building storylines and things like that for Empty Arena match. Is the first Empty Arena NWA match that we're going to see in 2020 going to be Nick Aldis and Eddie Kingston for the world title? God, it has to be, right? Yeah. It has to be. I mean, Eddie Kingston started planting seeds for this match back when he was on the uh, This is the NWA podcast. Uh, he, he, he had mentioned at, on that show that Nick Aldis was the world's greatest grappler, but he wasn't better than and Eddie Kingston and that he wanted a shot at him. And they started planting those seeds even way back when. So I don't know if this match was already in the works or if this is just Eddie Kingston being smart. And I don't want to say going into business for himself, but planning to, to bring something uh, extra to the table. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I mean, I say if they're going to pick any two guys in the company that can get me invested without very much of a storyline, just a little Twitter Twitter beef going on, it's going to be Nick Aldis and Eddie Kingston right now because those guys have been uh, killing it on social media. They've been very active, very vocal, and now this like uh, feud that's 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 budding on Twitter. I'm already bought in. If they put on that match tonight, I'd be tuning in for sure. Of course, I would tune in to see any NWA match. But if you, if you want to talk about buy-in from just talent alone and some guys who could probably cut some social media promos along the way, dude, I'm, I'm bought in for that if it happens today. The, the, there's, a, there's an old saying is you need to put asses in the seats, right? Well, we can't go to the show, but we certainly can put our $10 down to watch it on fight mm -hmm. or to watch a YouTube exclusive or whatever it is. We can do that. And you're right. There's no better promo guys right now in the business outside of Kingston and, and all this. I mean, there's, there's, there's a murderous row, as all this always says on that uh, power group. But Kingston, I mean, I watched that guy talk to Colt Cabana on Instagram Live, of course. And I got chills just listening to him talk to his buddy Colt Cabana. Yeah. You know what I mean? He could sell me on he could sell me on ice cubes. He could sell me on anything. I mean, that guy, his passion is what's certainly uh, – enjoyable and i think uh, i think he could ultimately sell tickets just on his promos alone 
Nice. Well, just in wrapping up, we did get one comment here from Dave Scooby. What's up, Dave? Thanks for joining us. Saw that you got your fam shirt. That's awesome. Uh, but he just sounds like he agrees with us. He says, adjust and adapt if possible down the line. Maybe have a few empty arena matches taped at different venues where the NWA talents are available. Absolutely, Dave. That's that's uh, We're on the same page here. So, hey, not really divisive between you and I, and it may not be uh, our opinions on this stuff because as we found out, we're, we're a lot alike. Uh, <laughs> But still, we're going to continue to pick some hot topics. Guys, if you've got a hot topic that you want to hear us tackle on uh, the Friday hot tag, shoot us a message, hashtag it, uh, hashtag Friday hot tag. We're going to be following that hashtag. Uh, we'll put out some Twitter polls, some uh, Instagram polls and things like that to try to get some ideas for next week. But, hey, J-Cal, thanks for hanging out, bud. Absolutely. Can I just throw one plug out there real quick? Go for it. Uh, stay tuned to the YouTube.com forward slash the Alliance blog. We're going to have an interview with uh, a young up-and-comer, Danny Limelight. And uh, within the next week or so, we'll have our Thunder Rosa interview up as well. And, of course, uh, every Tuesday, 2.05 Eastern, 5.05 Pacific, uh, that is the uh, pre-party. I hope you'll join us for that. Absolutely. And uh, for in, uh, I almost said Inside the NWA. For This is the NWA <laughs> podcast, uh, you can check us out Sunday night. We'll be live streaming it. Uh, this is the NWA After Dark, uh, so don't miss that. And uh, otherwise... Hey, we'll see you guys right here on Instagram next week. See you, guys.